I would say the most important thing is you have to find what you love, what you're passionate about. And it's important to remember that and stay true to that. What I mean is there is a lot of noise and destruction within the space, especially in a market that just changes so quickly. You can go from zero to one to a billion, maybe in two years. And then if you don't manage carefully, that could all go back to zero in another year, as we've seen in multiple cases. Hey everybody, Tanner here with Wagme Ventures. On today's episode, we have Annabelle Huang, Managing Partner at Amber Group. For anyone who's new, this is the Wagme Ventures podcast, where we do snapshots with interesting builders, founders, and investors from across Web3. Check out wagmeventures.io to learn more about the syndicate behind the podcast. But for now, let's get into it with Annabelle at Amber Group. All right. Hey, everybody. This is the Wagme Ventures podcast. I'm Tanner, and I'm here today with Annabelle Huang, managing partner at Amber Group. Annabelle, how are you doing today? What's going on? Good. How are you? Thanks, Tanner, for having me today. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I'm really pumped to chat and learn more about all the cool work happening at Amber Group. So definitely want to cover really a lot of different questions, but I think first would love to get situated for that conversation just by learning a little bit more about you, if that works, because you have some really extensive and great experience in TradFi before jumping to digital assets, I believe in like 2018. But I'd love Mm -hmm. to hear hear a little bit more about that journey and maybe just the crypto journey. Like how did that interest come to flourish and evolve into the conviction to move into crypto full time? Yeah, sometimes I I think back and I think it's it's quite an interesting journey as well. So I started my career on Wall Street, mostly trading FX derivatives. So I got familiarized with uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum back then. It was trading a little bit, but I didn't really consider moving full-time into crypto until I really met this awesome group of people in New York who was building very early DeFi, a new decentralized exchange based on Ethereum. All of these words were, were so new to me back then, but... The two co-founders of AirSwap, which is a DEX, uh, a spoke under consensus. They both went to Carnegie Mellon, where I went to undergrad. So we had that instant connection. And after I met the rest of the team, I, I knew that I wanted to try out something new, build something that we really consider as the future of finance with this team. And that was back in 2018. I got my start in, in crypto, in the DeFi space, and it was all rabbit hole after that. Definitely. Definitely. That's awesome. Okay. So maybe just to set set the stage a little bit, my understanding is you're basically responsible at Amber Group for kind of the global expansion of the company's crypto liquidity offerings, as well as its marketing strategies. So I'm, I'm curious if before we start talking about Amber Group, if you could just unpack a little bit more, what does that work consist of? And, and maybe too, just what aspects are most attractive to you in your day to day? Of course. So I would say Amber Group in its last six years has also evolved a lot. And, and so has my role within the firm. Initially, we're more of a quant shop or a prop shop, and then evolving into a more like a traditional investment banking type sales and trading advisory business, and also focusing on liquidity provisioning for the crypto native projects. So it we, we really touch upon all the different aspects of crypto finance within this market. Initially, I was more looking at the structured products, similar to my background in FX before, and that slowly evolved into looking after all of our liquidity provisioning, market making, and a little bit on the marketing and and PR side, just because I think that's what you 
have to do to also really build up your brand within the space. So right now, actually, the most attractive thing to me day to day is being to talk to the founders in the space, whether it is for perhaps on the venture investment aspect or maybe the projects that are looking to launch their token and looking for liquidity provisioning services on the different venues that their token will be listed, or especially on the DeFi space where there's not that many liquidity provisioners as of yet. So being able to get to these, get to know these teams early on and speaking to founders that are building different aspects of, of products that are needed in the space has been very inspiring. Very cool. Okay. So I'd love to talk more about Amber Group. So I think my first question, diving a little deeper, is really from inside Amber Group, I'm curious, how have you navigated the past kind of almost two or so years in crypto? It's been a pretty difficult season, right? So I'm curious, like, what's this past bear market felt like inside Amber Group? And how has your team adapted to really continue pushing forward the mission and really as things have evolved too, like continuing to innovate? Yeah, it, it is. A, it's a great question. It's definitely been a lot of up and downs in the last two years. Uh, things move very fast in crypto, as we all know it. Definitely. Um, but I would say that this is not our first rodeo in terms of weathering through a bear market, but it's different in the sense that back in the 2018 bear market, we were still very small and lean and were, we were actually cash flow positive and our fund performance actually outperformed the market in the last bear market because we were mostly running a market neutral strategy and capitulating on a lot of the volatility in the space back then. But Amber has grown a lot since then. We've dabbled into many different business. We, in Starting in 2021, we actually started building our retail business, launched our own application, our mobile app and web, web portal, was expanding a lot globally to onboard both retail and institutional investors and had quite the marketing spend as a result as well. So I think in terms of magnitude, what happened in 2022 definitely felt, definitely hit different in, in that sense. But I think it was necessary for us to really reflect upon everything we have built in the last six years and what we're good at, what we really want. And also having some sort of reality check that it's impossible to one firm to build it all, to be able to build every product for every market in every region of the world. So I think after really going into November 2022, obviously the, the market had adjusted a lot, but we didn't have any exposure to Luna, to Three Arrows, or to anything that happened up until really FTX. And that's when we, we started making a lot of adjustments internally, focusing on the business that, that are revenue generating for us, that, that we are more comfortable and more passionate towards building. So we've had a lot of reflection and now having, I, th I think we are very focused on the core business, which is the more institutional side of the things and more focus on the core markets for us, which is more APAC, and now having the right team to really bring us to the next stage of Amber. So I, looking back, it was a difficult time, but I was also thankful for this really reality check so that we can reflect upon what we really want to build. Definitely. And it sounds like the focus is yielding really great fruit. So that's super interesting. 
Hey everybody, quick thing here. We're excited to announce Wagme Advisory, your home for all things fundraising, hiring, and partnerships. This is all about supercharging your project with the Wagme network consisting of over 20,000 executives, investors, and builders in crypto, all ready to come alongside your project to help it succeed. Get in touch at team at wagmeventures.io to learn more and figure out if Wagme Advisory is the right fit for your project. Now, let's get back to the show. So I'm curious, on the institution side that you mentioned, it's it seems like a little bit of your work must involve kind of positioning crypto really for those who are looking for more or different exposure to digital assets. And so I'm curious what your read of the pers- of the present market is from your vantage point at Amber Group, especially with respect to institutions. So like, how are those conversations going? What does that look like? Yeah. So for institutions, I think they also move in a very different space versus retail or in some cases, high net worth individuals or family offices. So I would say it was the family office or the hedge funds that, that moved fairly quickly into crypto um, back during the last bull run. And a lot of them had added a lot more exposure and expertise. Maybe they started with stablecoin or Bitcoin or Ethereum, but now they're willing to trade the different assets maybe a little bit down the risk spectrum. And they're more familiar with, with DeFi nowadays. So, so I would say that that's the early adapters uh, on the institutional space. A lot of the financial institutions like the banks or asset managers have also been looking at space for a while, but because they're much bigger in size, we're talking not just billions, but maybe trillions of dollars in AUM for these asset managers. So they have to be very careful how they move into the space. But we're seeing a lot of positive developments of the banks start offering crypto custody or some sort of crypto brokerage services. A lot of the bigger asset managers are filing for Bitcoin, Ethereum, both futures and spot ETFs. That's going to open the door to a lot more institutions, institutional adoption towards crypto. And a lot of the other bigger corporates, the non-financial bigger corporates, they start getting involved into Web3 in general after they started to pay attention to NFTs or on-chain gaming and other aspects of Web3, what Web3 has to offer in addition to maybe just a financial aspect. So it is very interesting to see uh, over the last um, six years, at least for, for Amber, the growth of, of institutional adoption and also attention in general to the space and, and just the level of participation that we know that's only going to grow. Love it. Okay. Super interesting. So I want to talk soon about the work your team's focused on right now, but maybe first I'd love to learn a little bit more about trajectories. Like what gets you personally most excited as you think about maybe the next year or two years, especially for the future of Amber Group, right? It's always difficult to predict in crypto even a year in advance, right? But I'm curious if you were to think about the future, what's most interesting there for you? I think in terms of market, again, it's it's impossible to predict, but it is still very highly correlated with uh, the overall dollar liquidity in, in the market, which is why I think most of people, most of the crypto traders, even though even if they didn't come from the TradFi space, are paying a lot of attention to what the Fed is doing, to some extent, even the geopolitical landscape uh, globally, because a lot of that directly impacts What's going, ha- what's going to happen within crypto. And I think what we as an industry right now is really focusing on finding the next narrative or the next um, innovation that really unlocks that next um, bull run for us. If we look at in the past, 
there's a lot of the innovation within the DeFi space or NFT space that gave the market new ways to trade or new ways to get involved. And I, I think looking to the future and in the next year or so, hopefully we can come to uh, a few of these more innovative products that either unlocks more liquidity within the space uh, in terms of on-chain or, or DeFi, or it could be more interesting ways to onboard new users through either gaming or NFTs or any of, any of the sort of social fi easier onboarding than compared to DeFi, perhaps. A lot of these gamified versions of, of products that can really onboard the next phase of, of users and capital. I think we're seeing some, some direction there, but I think a lot more high-quality projects are going to come into the space in the next year or two, and I'm very excited about that. And in terms of Amber Group, and I think our role is to really find different ways to, to support these early stage pro- projects and their stakeholders, meaning either their, their founding team or their VC investors or anyone or their early users, finding ways just to support these early ecosystems, either by being a liquidity provisioner or, or in different ways to invest in the ecosystem and to find different ways to collaborate. And I think that's how we really want to position Amber. Very cool. Okay, super interesting. So I'd love to maybe transition here quickly to ask what what your team's thinking about right now. Can you give us a glimpse into what your teams are working on lately? Any exciting news? So we have to, a few different parts of the business. So right now, so one part of that is the the liquidity provisioning and the venture side. So we call it the advisory, the liquidity investment research part of business that I spend a lot more time on um, these days. And I would say that we spend a lot of time speaking to the early stage founders, looking to support different early stage projects, either in terms of venture investment or in terms of the different, they need liquidity providers on their protocols within their ecosystem. So we spend a lot of time doing that. And I think we're lucky to be able to get to meet a lot of very smart founders building across the board. And for the rest of the business, a big part of it is the wealth management and the asset management space. And a lot of that, a lot of that is about setting the right infrastructure, the right structure to be able to offer crypto backed or, or crypto assets underlying, but in terms of structure, more similar to traditional finance hedge fund type structure so that we can offer more investors institutional we can offer more institutional investors access to crypto liquidity and crypto yield that did take us a bit of time to set up but now we've launched a few hedge fund structures that can take in bitcoin ethereum or stablecoin as underlying that allow us to trade basically any liquid tokens in the market so i think that is going to be important especially as the market prepare for more institutional adoption. And the the last bit of the business is more on the infrastructure side, where we have our own wallet and custody and also security solutions that we've been using mostly in-house for now. But we are also thinking about ways where we can open this up to other crypto projects who might need similar infrastructure and didn't need to... 
it's not necessary for them to invest too much into building up the entire technology stack in that sense. So really trying to tackle different ways where we can utilize everything we've built in the last six years towards supporting the the current ecosystem in general. Very cool. Okay. So Annabelle, if it works for you, I'd love to transition to talk a little bit more about some just general questions about the crypto space here. And I think my first question here might be, from your vantage point, where are we at right now and, and how should people think about this moment or this season we're in, which I think a lot of people feel may be some kind of inflection point, right? It is true. I think we've spent um, a pretty agonizing 2022 and then spent most of 2023 reflecting on what's going on and making the necessary uh, adjustments. I think that's a huge testament to all the firms and the project that, that survived until now. But it's also important to to manage the, the runway or this expectation going into the next year. I, I do think that a lot of people in the space believe that maybe we're at an inflection point. Maybe the, the bull market will return very shortly. Uh, I think there is some merit to that. I, I think, uh, especially with even the news that came out this week, uh, I think whatever happened to Binance, uh, or the uncertainty of it was was really hanging above everybody's heads before, but now I think we come to a, um, I personally think a, a positive outcome where we see a clear path to uh, forward, um, and Binance still remains a very important infrastructure for the industry. So it's great to have more clarity in in that sense. But in terms of overall liquidity, it, I think it still remains to be seen how much of the new capital would be injected into crypto. Over the last two years, I think a lot of the institutional investors have shied away from crypto following a lot of the negative headlines. And there's a and the risk-free rate standing at five and a half percent now and perhaps for the foreseeable future for at least a, a few months that that makes this opportunity cost for, for dollar so much higher that I think a lot of investors prefer to invest in fixed income or the credit market as opposed to moving more of that capital back to crypto. So I think we we still might need to wait until the macro environment changes before we can see a lot more of that liquidity injection back to crypto. And and like I said earlier, I think for us as, as an industry, we also need to figure out what the new um, narrative or, or the new uh, innovation um, is that could really draw the attention um, and the liquidity back in. So I would say we are starting to see a lot more light compared to maybe where we were a year ago. We've put a lot of things to rest, but there's still plenty of uncertainty or volatility that will come our way in the next year. So I think other as founders or even investors that need to look out for. Got it. Okay. Super helpful perspective there. A recurring question on this podcast is really one where if I ask the future of crypto is blank, how would you fill in the blank if we're thinking maybe medium term? Crystal ball here. <laughs> well, I love this question. If we're thinking, I think long term for me, the future of crypto is really everything. If we really think about blockchain as the next iteration of internet, Internet uh, obviously digitized a lot of the assets or, or ways of interaction as, as we know it. But now we don't say internet-based music or internet-based uh, video anymore. It, it's, it's just the way of life. And I think 
long term wise, uh, blockchain is going to be the infrastructure, the decentralized internet infrastructure, if if you want to call it that way, and that a lot of the not just data but valuable assets will be sit on top. So I, I think really I do think future of crypto or at least future of blockchain is everything, and the future of crypto perhaps focus more on the financial aspect of that. Very cool. Okay. So if I were to ask you, what would your advice be for other really like crypto executives and leaders in the space in Web3? How would you maybe want to import? I think one way of getting at this is always like, if you could go back to the beginning of your journey and maybe import some advice from your current vantage point of insight and experience, what advice would you want to impart to yourself that might be helpful for other crypto leaders that may be a little bit earlier in their, in their journey? Yeah, I think a lot, actually. <laughs> I think we've learned a lot of lessons throughout our, our path. I would say the most important thing is you have to find what you love, what you're passionate about. And and it's important to remember that and stay true to that. What I mean is uh, it, there there is a lot of noise and destruction within the space, especially in a market that just changes so quickly. You can go from zero to one to a billion maybe in two years. And then if you don't manage carefully, that could all go back to zero in another year, as we've seen in multiple cases. And I think, and a mistake perhaps that a lot of us made, I've seen made, is being distracted by the path or the quote-unquote success of others that you feel like are, are your close benchmark or competitors. And and then you forget what you wanted to build in the first place and start chasing the so-called success. And that led to a lot of teams, I think Amber included, overexpanding in a very short period of time and just wanted to go into every aspect of the business, even though we might not necessarily uh, be the best fit to do it or didn't ask ourselves the question why. Uh, it's just that we have to do it. And I think looking back, it's quite difficult to ignore all of that noise and just stay true to yourself and build what you really want to and what you're good at. But in retrospect, I think that would that would be the most beneficial, especially if you think about your organization. Maybe it's easy to, to say that, okay, I'm going to grow 10x in headcount and then maybe come back 50% of it. But that that change and, and all the impact that it has on everybody within organization is much, much larger than just the number. So I think being careful with that is also very important. Ignoring perhaps all these, the crazy growth story and and the noise within the space. Love it. I think that's great advice. And I think crypto may be a uniquely noisy space to be tempted by those stories in, right? So I think that's really, really apt advice. So Annabelle, maybe one last question for you here. For those who want to learn more about Amber Group or stay connected, what's the best way for people to follow along on the Amber Group journey? Yeah, follow us on Twitter or X at Amber Group on the line IO. We also have a Medium and Substack where we publish our investment research and, and where we publish investment research on a monthly basis. Um, you can also follow me on X at underscore Annabelle Huang or just get in touch on our, through our website, embergroup.io. Perfect. Annabelle, thank you so much for the time. Super, super interesting stuff. I think really great advice and really great wisdom here. So thank you again for coming on the show and have a great rest of your week here. Thank you, Tanner. It was right, my bye -bye. pleasure being on this podcast today. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks. 
Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, go ahead and maybe give us a good five-star rating and subscribe wherever you're getting your podcasts so you can get all the latest conversations with the most interesting crypto founders, investors, and builders from across the world. Thanks so much. Have a good one.